this is Base Layer, brought to you by Arca. I'm your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. Welcome back to Base Layer. This is David, and this is your new episode with Alan Curtis, the CEO of Radar. Alan and I had a great conversation about building products for our next financial system. Radar Relay has been around for a bit now. Uh, trade wallet to wallet. They've been around using different systems in place. So Radar has three different applications. They have Relay, Ion, and Deploy. We spent the majority of our time today on the show talking about Deploy and what is Deploy. The simple way to build blockchains and applications. And so Deploy is the easiest way to spin up and maintain blockchain infrastructure so you can ship faster with less for developers by developers. And so this is an idea that's been ruminating around the industry for a little while now. There are more things that are happening, infrastructure as a service, if you will, whereas developers don't necessarily want to or not necessarily inclined to really just build everything from scratch. If you have mechanisms in place where you can start building a blockchain, an application, a platform, and you have some things already at the ready, SDKs or things like infrastructure as a service, it speeds up the progress. And so we talked a lot about deploy and the the ideas behind it and how it works. We did obviously talk about some of their legacy products in terms of Relay. And for those that don't know about Relay, as I said, is wallet-to-wallet token trading, the most secure way to trade ERC-20 tokens directly from your Ethereum wallet. Again, this is one of the first things that they came out with. And then we also talked about Ion, which is also part of the Lightning Network. And so we talked about that, and we talked about the Lightning Network and how they're working with the Lightning Network. This is a great conversation. Radar Relay, as I mentioned, Radar has been around for a while. Alan is a boatload of information about the space, and this is a great conversation. So remember, nothing on base layer is investment advice, so please remember to do your own research. And on the flip side, you're going to hear a great conversation with Alan Curtis from Radar. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Baselayer. I have Alan Curtis, the CEO of Radar, with me today. Alan, how are you? Doing great, David. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So Alan and I had a great conversation at Google, of all places. Uh, Google, the company and the products that I talk about often on the show, as I say, if you are using free products, you are, in fact, the product. And I found it so amazingly interesting that we were at Google for a blockchain summit, and we saw some amazing new companies there. And it's great to see that Google is taking this very seriously. They've been trying to review and trying to find ways that they can work with blockchains. Um, I think that's great to see. And so Alan and I had a great conversation. I've been keeping tabs on Radar for quite some time. Um, And so what we like to do, before we get too deep into what Radar is and talk about Relay and talk about Deploy and Ion, we'd like to find out a little bit more about our guests before we get too deep into the woods. And so, Alan, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself prior to Radar, what you did, and then I always like to hone in on this moment in time where you effectively said, okay, this is where I want to spend my time. The blockchains and distributed technology is super interesting. What really drew you into that? What specifically about blockchains and this kind of architecture and design and network systems really got you interested to build and kind of work with a company like Radar? 
Sure. Yeah. Thanks, David. Happy happy to share a bit about the origin story. Um, I think like like many in our industry, it, it's been a winding one, a winding path. So uh, it began actually when I was doing uh, some of my graduate work in college around the intersection of financial inclusivity and economic freedom and health outcomes. Um, I, was, I was doing this research and I discovered, I heard about Bitcoin, but Unfortunately, I did not go down the rabbit hole. I never double clicked on the link. I never read the white paper. Uh, one, of, one of the large regrets. But uh, after school, um, uh, after finishing up with, with an economics degree, to your point around systems, and why I was excited, um, I ended up as a program director at a technology incubator here in Colorado. I was there for three years. Um, over three years, I helped dozens of companies build their teams, raise money, get to market. Uh, incredible firsthand entrepreneurial experience. And, and while I was there, uh, I met Caleb. Caleb is now my uh, co-founder and CTO, but at the time, uh, Caleb was the very first data science hire at Coinbase, who happened to be working remote in Colorado. Uh, and it was Caleb who dragged me down the rabbit hole finally uh, in, into this space. And so the moment that you talked about, sort of this this watershed moment, was was really in early 2017, uh, mm -hmm. when you can imagine sort of rewind the tape a little bit, right? My basement, uh, early spring, a bunch of uh, sweaty Bitcoin nerds huddled around a whiteboard in my basement talking about, um, should we all leave our jobs and, and build a product, a service, a company in this space? And we really spent the entirety of, of 2017 brainstorming how we would go to market. Um, and together, uh, we, we all left our gigs in August and, and started Radar. Uh, and since then, over the last almost three years, we've built three products and uh, we're, we're just excited as, as we've ever been about creating a new financial system. So one of my new favorite phrases is ELI5. Uh, explain it to me like I'm five. So if you had to, if you were sitting in a room with other people that might not be technocrats or people that might not have spent the last few years understanding distributed and decentralized technology, explain what Radar is. Sure. Well, that's, a good, that's a good challenge. Um, <laughs> sure. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. So... Um, I think we should start with the vision or where we want to be in the future. Um, that starts their vision statement. Right? We build products for our next financial system. So when I say right, build products, that's pretty straightforward software products, right? When I say our, I don't mean possessive, like it's just radar. I mean the collective our, everyone, the, the whole world. When I talk about our next financial system, I don't mean uh, I don't know exactly how it will look or feel or taste or, it, or how we're going to interact with it, but I do know a few things. It's going to be more fair, it's going to be more transparent, and it's going to be much more inclusive. And we believe that blockchain is the right tool for the job. It's, an, it's, a, it's just a tool, right? and it can allow us to reshape some of these institutions. So at Radar, we build products for our next financial system. Okay. And so in your writings and musings, if you will. I love how all projects have medium pages. I think that's really incredibly important so people understand how you and your teams are thinking about things. So in the mission, and this is, might have been a few years ago, but I still think this is fairly applicable now, we believe that agency is evenly distributed, but access to financial infrastructure is not. And so we've had other projects on the show. Xerox was us on with Will. We were talking about certain things out there. We've had people on the show throughout the year talking about how the financial system, whether it be in the United States, we, we take it for granted that you can open up a, a checking or savings account sometimes, most of the time. So obviously there are cases where that is prohibited or that's just not going to happen or unfortunately things happen. Um, 
but for other people outside of you know the United States, this is not always a piece of cake. This is not always the easiest thing. So in other words, and I'm continuing to quote, for many people around the world, our current financial system is closed for business, yet change is happening. So how do you think this is, you know, how is this evolving? Are we early into this whole evolution of change, you know, from the kind of legacy financial system to open finance, you know, slash DeFi from what a lot of people call it these days? Where are we, in your opinion, in terms of this kind of evolutionary process where people are becoming aware, hey, you know, behind door number two, there's actually some pretty good solutions? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, great, great research and diligence, David, finding finding that, uh, Finding that medium article, I, I do I do talk about that all the time. This mismatch between agency and access, and I and I think it's incredibly unfair that folks like like me have won the genetic lottery, right? I'm born here in the U.S., access to education, and um, right. It, the, it's not lost on me that I'm sitting here and with my MacBook and AirPods talking about the unbanked. I understand the irony that that a lot of this infrastructure is being built by folks maybe who haven't experienced it, but it still grinds my gears, and it's still a central the central force driving radar. So anyways, to answer your question, um, I think it's actually uh, really relevant to our strategy at radar. So this question of timing, where are we in the hype cycle and the deployment versus installation, you know, uh, technological revolution here, like where are we? And, and we think we're pretty damn early. And so what we've done We've gone out and we've looked at all different frontier technologies over the last few few centuries. And what we've realized is there's really three ways to build a business on the frontier, to build a, a company on the frontier. Because the next financial system is not going to be here tomorrow, right? We need to we need to endure. The first way is to go all the way out west, right? Be a pioneer, go explore, go out west and build the destination. Right? Hang a shingle over your general store, or your saloon, or what have you. And we've done that with products like Relay. Um, the thing is, David, there's not a lot of foot traffic out there, right? It's the early days. It's only other crazy cowboys who wanted to go out west too. So the second way to build a business on the frontier is infrastructure. You know, the picks, the shovels, the the train tracks, the wagons, all that, all that stuff that you need to get the folks who are cozy and comfortable on the East Coast to 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 go out west. And we've done that with Deploy, our, our first infrastructure product. But maybe the most important way, the important thing a frontier needs, or building a business on the frontier needs, is maps. And maps are the third way, right? Maps are, are uh, what, tell you, what tells you where to go and how to get there. Um, and frankly, our industry has not been great at, at shipping and building maps. And, and we, we have an offering in that space with, with ION. But it's really the combination of those three things, destinations, infrastructure, and maps, um, that companies need to focus on right now to future-proof themselves, to endure. Because, boy, David, if I wanted to look at, like, uh, you know, the, we're probably, like, late 80s, right? If we're using the Internet as a, uh, as a metaphor here, we are not as far along as, as folks think. Um, and so it's very important that companies like ours insulate ourselves and, and hedge some of our risk by focusing in, in multiple areas because it's, it's going to take a while. Right. I got in a, a, a little bit of a hot bath, I guess you can say, this weekend because I wrote an article that was just on Coindesk kind of saying that we're moving from the TCP IP phase to hopefully the Netscape phase in 2020 and 2021. I felt that with projects like yours and ZeroX and some of the things that are happening in terms of the wallet maturation like Argent, that we're moving more towards better UI and UX and that I even said, you know, 
comparably speaking, you know, obviously parity with Substrate, and we're going to talk about deploy, that there are instances now where instead of having to have a full staff of Solidity engineers, that you now have the ability to have, you know, more kind of pre-canned, I hate to use that phrase, but it is more of a a blockchain in a box, if you will, and something that hopefully can make things faster. So let's talk about deploy, because I think this is really important. There are three different products, as I alluded to in the beginning uh, with Radar. There is Relay, which we'll talk about. There's Ion, and then there is Deploy. And so with Deploy, I think I want to spend some time here with you. The simple way to build blockchain applications, Deploy is the easiest way to spin up and maintain blockchain infrastructure so you can ship faster with less. So tell us, how does what is this? What does this do for those out there uh, that are trying to get involved in the space? Um, for someone who's an investor, how would they understand this? Is this kind of the Wix 2006 period where instead of having to be a coder, you can actually have something that can help you build a website faster and easier? Yeah, great question, David. I, I appreciate you bringing up Deploy. It's certainly something we're excited about. Um, so first and foremost, for anybody who's been following along with Radar over the last three years, Deploy has been pretty confusing. Right? They, a lot of our users know us as, oh, those are those guys in Colorado that built this peer-to-peer -peer exchange on Ethereum, right? Relay. We have, with Relay, on top of ZeroX and Ethereum, we have users in 150 countries and we traded hundreds of millions of volume. And that's really what our brand identity has, has been for, for, throughout these last few years. But along the way, David, we kept getting questions over and over again from teams, other venture-backed startups, other folks building blockchain on projects on nights and weekends. They're all asking us for help with infrastructure. Every single one that we talked to is like, uh, hey, the first question was always, uh, how do you get users, right? Of course, a lot of dApps have. Second one was, how do you manage these pesky nodes, right? How do we deal with Geth and Parity? And should we be hiring DevOps engineers? And I don't want to hire DevOps engineers because I want to hire marketing folks and customer acquisition teams. Uh, and so time and time again, we would answer these questions. And, and we realized uh, earlier in 2019 that we, we felt a, a fiduciary duty to the industry to step in and solve some of these problems. This, let's call it stagnation of development um, in, in the Ethereum and the Bitcoin space over the last few years. When I say stagnation, I mean, that sounds like there's not a lot happening. I just mean it's not happening at the velocity that it could and should with the amount of talented brilliant engineers, designers, marketers are coming into this space. And the reason that stagnation or that, uh, that struggle was happening was that folks didn't know how to deal with node ops, node operations, right? Managing Ethereum node or a Bitcoin node um, uh, is difficult. These things weren't built to, for businesses to run on top of them. They were built for personal use, for peer-to-peer -peer use, for, for single computer. Anyway, so uh, flash forward, uh, we decided we were going to commercialize and productize all of the internal infrastructure that we've built to get uh, Relay and Ion and Redshift and some of the other projects and tools that we've built over the years to market. Uh, and just in November, we opened up Deploy. So just about a month and a half ago, we opened up Deploy to some very small, limited friends and family testing. Uh, and we'll be announcing a really loud and noisy uh, marketing and PR push here in the coming weeks. As it relates to the Ethereum hard fork, I know that you guys uh, discussed, you had some writings about this again uh, with your Medium uh, page. The I think it's called the Muir Glacier, um, that there is a hard fork and that that's expected to occur uh, around January 1st and that deploy customers are already Muir Glacier ready. What does that mean? 
Yeah, yeah, good, good, good question. Great example of the types of questions that we are getting all the time from, from different teams over the years. Um, so I'll hit it from a macro perspective, and then I'll zoom back in and answer that from a micro perspective. So when uh, when a team is trying to, to go to market um, with an Ethereum or Bitcoin application, um, they really have two choices. They can handle all the node ops themselves. They can hire up, staff up, and build that core competency, spend money on AWS, et cetera. Or they can use one of the many different service providers that exist, right? Deploy being one of them. Um, when we went to market with Relay, we were in this latter camp. Uh, we used Infura. Infura was a, was a incredible uh, product and service that made them, it was free for, for uh, 2017, 2018. Um, and it was really a bootstrapped Ethereum development. And you can think of Infura, right? It's this um, this API gateway, this exposed endpoint that everyone is, is jumping uh, onto and hitting. And they, they handled the scale. They, they, they did a good job getting the space up and running. But unfortunately, um, that is that exposed API model, that, that endpoint model. Um, it's, not, it's not the best for building a, a real growing global enterprise, right? You need reliability. You need scalability. You need customization. Um, you need SLAs, all, all things that some of these early state providers just weren't prepared architecturally or um, uh, architect, you know, weren't prepared for. Uh, and so that's step one, right? If you're a growing team, developing team, you use those applications, then guess what? All of a sudden you start getting users, you start going down, uh, you start needing to invest in scaling up your DevOps team. And before you know it, half your team is DevOps engineers, not marketers or design. And so with Deploy, we offer two plans. We offer two tiers. The first one is this shared API um, right, it's very similar to these these gateway models like Infura that I described. I, I think that's table stakes. I think we need those services. If you're at a hackathon, if you're just getting started, you don't have global user base. Uh, that that is the plan uh, for you. But there's we also have the second tier, right? The, the owned node, um, and this is we're, we, you know we're really the first one to offer this. This is a I think a, a real precedent setter for our industry. I think it's the, the kind of modern software development that our industry needs to get from, as you put it, right, TCPIP to, to, to the Netscape moment. Uh, and with an owned node, a team can SSH into the node, customize it to their heart's content. They can use our off-the-shelf middleware. They can use their own middleware. There are no rate limits. You can kick the hell out of the node. You can build a real thriving global business on top of it. So with Deploy, first node ops platform, we offer both. And uh, the Muir Glacier tier, that was a long rambling answer. So the micro answer to your question, there's a lot of hard forks um, across uh, all different chains. There's a lot of different orchestration implementation chains. They're constantly changing. And if you are trying to do it yourself, or if you're using one of these uh, shared, shared node state providers, good luck keeping up with the velocity. Things like the Muir Glacier, things like um, Istanbul, uh, and I forget what the next one coming around the corner is, are all taken care of by services like Deploy. So you don't have to know what it means. You don't have to read the blog post. You don't have to follow it on Twitter. You don't have to uh, do a spike in your sprint with your DevOps engineer to go figure out what to do about it. And so when Muir Glacier happens on uh, New, Year's, New Year's Day, uh, you don't have to bring someone into the office to handle it. It's just, it's done by done by us, done by the, the node ops provider. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a, uh... In 2000, with the Y2K thing, with the bugs and everyone spending their nights and weekends in their IT departments freaking out that the world was going to melt down, it's January 1st, Ethereum decided to do a hard fork, and uh, anyone who's trying to build a business on that is going to have uh, some fun, so I can appreciate that. I also think that 
these types of services are really important for enterprises, enterprises who are trying to lever Ethereum, for instance, you know, say for supply and logistics, where you can set up the smart contracts, you can have the audibility, you can have the transparency. But again, to your point, you know, when things like this happen, if they are trying to use Ethereum and they're trying to use the public nets in that, you know, this is something that they're going to have to be cognizant of. And so I think, you know, having something like this kind of prepackaged and pre-planned, I think is really something that and, and I could see enterprises being very interested in. Um, yeah. I want to move over to the other two aspects just very quickly so people get a full scope of radar. So Relay, as you mentioned, was the first out there. Trading cryptocurrencies doesn't have to mean losing custody. Use Radar Relay to maintain control of your ERC-20 tokens while trading directly from your wallet trade when you want, where you want, without a middleman. How is that going these days? Um, are we seeing that you know, a lot of people, we were talking about STOs, we were talking about NFTs, we were talking about this kind of explosion, if you will, uh, that I see happening in terms of blockchain gaming. Um, do you see, you know, this continuance of ERC-20 tokens? Do you see the continuance of, of, of these types of kind of elements and narratives going into 2020? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about Relay and let's talk about the, the category of decentralized exchange. So if you rewind the tape back to early 2017, when Caleb and I were sitting there in front of a whiteboard thinking about how are we going to go to market, right? We, we knew we wanted to build something in the payment space and we knew we wanted to build something in the inf developer infrastructure, maybe the enterprise space, maybe the exchange space. Um, and we created some criteria and that criteria, there's really three things. Number one, um, what do we have uh, in, in terms of technical core competency, right? Caleb, what, what have you done before? Well, he was first data science hire at Coinbase, all building out the brokerage and building out GDAX. And so it was a natural fit um, to, to build in the exchange space. Uh, number two, we wanted to build a product that was inherently global. Um, as we build additional products and services, we wanted that customer base around the world, uh, sort of pre-planned, pre-seeded. And third, we wanted to build something that was very close to the core ethos of the space, this industry, this technology, and of course that's peer-to-peer. -peer. So it was natural for us to go to market um, building uh, a relay, the, 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 I think the third ever peer-to-peer -peer exchange on Ethereum. Now we are really fortunate to piggyback on the great work that the ZeroX protocol team did. And I know you've had Will Warren on the show, and so this is a plug for anyone listening, you should go back and, and catch that episode. And, it's a great coverage of, of uh, ZeroX protocol there. Anyways, so when we launched on uh, in the fall of 2017, David, we got the timing just right because there was, uh, was a wave of speculation around uh, ERC-20 assets. And if you had talked to me back then uh, in, in August or, or September of 2017, I would have told you that anything that can be tokenized will be tokenized. And we're going to live in an era just right around the corner where... Um, we're going to have all these token-first apps and token abstraction, and everyone's going to have a wallet full of uh, tokens for computation and identity. And, um, and of course, that didn't pan out for various reasons uh, over the last few years. And, and you've seen the hype around decentralized exchange move through a few roller coasters. So in 2017, fourth quarter, 18, first quarter, we had incredible volumes, thousands, tens of thousands of users all over the world. It was an incredible heyday for us. In fact, at the time, we, we thought we had found product market fit or early product market fit. And then as the market started to fall and, and the waves of speculation started to, to crest, a lot of that volume went back to the centralized exchanges. So now three years later, I guess two and a half years later, um, we still have users all over the 150 
countries. We, we've still traded cumulatively this year on Relay about $100 million uh, in USD. Um, and so there's still committed users that value that peer-to-peer aspect, that value the non-custodial experience, that don't want or can't trust some of the centralized exchanges. But um, I think it's going to take a long time uh, for this technology around decentralized exchange and the user experience and the exchange design to bring real liquidity um, into our space to try to compete uh, or even make a, a serious dent in the centralized exchanges. I hope more people can listen to that because the honesty and their pragmatism there and the learnings from 2017 to now, I think, are immensely important. And not enough people actually share that. I think that in itself right there, you know, is something that I think a lot of people really should take to heart going into 2020. And I completely agree with you. Um, so thank you for that. I, the last thing I wanted to talk on, uh, and then I want to get to know you a little bit better. And I want our guests to know you a little bit better. Um, so we'll learn about kind of what books you might be reading and what music you listen to, like I always ask all of my guests. Um, but the last component of Radar that I noticed was Ion, and we alluded to that. And within Ion, there's something called Redshift. And I like this notion of trustlessly swapping assets between chains. And so as we had Will on you know, from ZeroX and we were talking about other you know kind of aspects throughout the year, I like this idea, you know, Arwen was talking about this and Sharon was talking about this and others out there of this idea of atomic swapping um, and this ability of using, you know, different chains and be able to almost, you know, this notion of interoperability. Can you talk a little bit more about Ion and Redshift and just let people know what uh, what it is? Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, so as I mentioned, we, we launched Relay as our first product and a lot of our customers asked for the same two things over and over again. First, they, they asked for access to non-ERC20 assets, right? Because Relay was built on Xerox and the Ethereum blockchain was only ERC20. Um, and we fiddled with offering wrapped, uh, wrapped Bitcoin, but the demand really wasn't there. So people wanted UTXO assets, they wanted Bitcoin. And then second, they wanted faster trading. And this is really coming from automated traders, from um, folks who are, who are running bots. And so we went to our R&D team here and Caleb and the research team went investigated layer two solutions on Ethereum, other blockchains. We looked at all the atomic swap projects um, and we identified Lightning Network is really the, the most viable way for us um, to offer uh, cross-chain atomic swaps, right? Non-custodial, private, um, fast, offering Bitcoin, right? It checked all the boxes for us. And so we went through a, a design phase of trying to add that, inject that into Relay. And instead of trying to make that user experience maybe more complicated than it already is, we decided to build a second venue. We build a second exchange, this time using request for quote design, right? RFQ, instead of uh, an order book design on Relay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at like how markets electronified over time, right? it started with pit trading, then moved to over the counter, then it moves to order book, then it moves to Quest for quote, then it moves to smart order router, then it moves to dark pool. We're still in the early innings in the in the crypto industry. We had built a, an order book, and so we wanted to go. What was next in the evolutionary chain? Well, next in the evolutionary chain, uh, there's a quest for quote for us. And so, uh, anyways, we we've designed the second venue as to RFQ. Um, but here's the problem, David: is we were known as the Ethereum, right? We built an Ethereum peer-to-peer exchange. How are we just going to go to market with a Lightning Network-based engine? And the market was so small. Right? There was hundreds of people uh, who are using this tech. And, and here I was telling our whole company, our whole team, hey, we're building our second product um, and we're just going to go to market. And so what we decided to do, David, is build a stepping stone, is go to market by building a community first, really focus on market development. 
And that community is called ION. ION is the homepage of the Lightning Network. We've aggregated tutorials, guides, newsletters, wikis. We have an app store. Pretty much anything that uh, a discerning user trader would need to understand what the heck is the Lightning Network, understand the value proposition, and then want to engage. So, light, uh, so ION, as I talked about in the beginning, is this map, right? It's this big, exciting map that points to this sort of far-off, exciting future around Lightning Network. In 2019, we built a pretty large community. We did hackathons, went to conferences, and we just uh, launched Redshift uh, a few, uh, about six weeks ago. Again, quiet, friends and family, beta testing, MVP, um, and we're going to make we're making some noise uh, later in 2020. And so Redshift, uh, this second venue, right? This venue, it's our Cubase. It uses hash time lock contracts and mm -hmm. really, really puts the Lightning Network uh, in this payment rail type capacity where merchants or users can get paid or pay in any token that they want. And under the hood, we're just using Lightning uh, uh, as, the, as the settlement layer, if you will. Yeah, if people have been listening, they've known I've uh, I've spoken highly of hash time locks. It's something that, from a learning perspective, I there are certain aspects of this world that I find fascinating that I continue to go back to time and time again. Zero knowledge proofs, obviously. We just had the guys from Starkware on again. So, and then hash time locks, especially with Lightning. Um, and so, I definitely I invite Elizabeth Stark again for the fifth thousand time if she would like to come on and talk about that. You know, please, Elizabeth, uh, you're more than welcome to come on so people can learn more about Lightning and about hash time locks and all that good stuff. Um, but super interesting. I love the notion of deploy. Again, I think, you know, as it relates to people that might not necessarily know blockchain world, you know, as I said, when Wix came to the market in 2006, you, before that, you had to really be a coder. You had to know um, how to use HTML. You had to know how to, you know, use Java. You had to know how to do a lot of those different components to really just build a, a presence on the web. And then Wix came, and then all of a sudden, boom, you had this mass proliferation of websites and enterprises that were building uh, websites for e-commerce and retail and everything else. And so it made it simple and easy. And I think that was a watershed moment for the entire uh, industry in regards to the internet. And I think, you know, as I said, you know, deploy uh, is, is something where enterprises and retailers alike can just go out there and quickly have something built on-chain um, and have all of those issues taken care of. So I'm really interested. And then obviously with uh, with Radar, Relay, and Ion, I think uh, it's a nice assortment of different characteristics that are covering the market. So super interesting. As I said, what we'd like to do on the show uh, after kind of talking nuts and bolts about the project itself is just to get to know a little bit more about you, the guest. And I, uh, our listeners really like to learn what makes you tick. And uh, the two inputs that I have historically always looked at are what are you reading? And it could be crypto or non-crypto related. Anything that you've read recently that resonated that you went to your friends and family and said, wow, this is really great. I learned this or this I, this was really super interesting. And then what music you listen to while you're working working or traveling, what's usually uh, humming between your ears um, when you're doing those types of things. So books that you've read and any music that you like. Yeah, sure. I've, I've actually never been, no one's asked me this, this, this question, at least on a, on a podcast or an interview. Um, I love, I love to read. I spend a lot of my time reading. I schedule time to read and, and you're, you're catching me just after uh, I took a few days off for, for the holidays here. And so I, I just cranked through a whole bunch of books and I'm trying to uh, think about what are the highest, the best recommendations. So um, 
The Oxford Guide to Mega Project Management. This is a this is a textbook. I did not read it cover to cover. I skimmed certain chapters. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get really excited about this, David. So so <laughs> as as I've been um, thinking about our industry, thinking about um, different sort of human feats over time, I, I can't fathom like how, how does an entire city get ready for an Olympics, or how do you ship an entire aircraft carrier, and, and how do you do it quickly? And, uh, and, and this this textbook covers a lot of these case studies. It walks through the project management, the personnel issues, the cultural challenges. How do you deal with tempo and shipping? Um, it's just an incredible read. It's inspiring, and, and it has so much correlation to some of the challenges that we're trying to solve by building these distributed databases. So um, that's one. Um, uh, I mentioned Tempo. Uh, I've been on, I've been on a Tempo phase. There's a book called Tempo by Venkatesh Rao. Uh, I've also been diving into some of the work um, on John Boyd. It's a, it's a fighter pilot that um, has been studied from uh, every every inch of anything he's ever written has been studied around the science of tempo. Um, how, how does work get done? How fast do we get work done? How do we be competitive in the business arena and the military arena? And so, um, some of the books I like there, uh, Certain to Win. Is, is probably my favorite John Boyd uh, coverage. Awesome. Uh, last is I've been getting really into DevOps, the science of DevOps. There's a book called Accelerate, uh, which again is about the tempo uh, of DevOps and the tempo of, 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 of uh, engineering. So yeah, so those those would be three three themes: mega project management, uh, tempo from a military perspective, and then tempo from a from a software development perspective. Awesome. And then any music that you listen to? Oh yeah, yeah music. Um, yeah, so I'm. I, I haven't heard all your all your podcasts, but I'm assuming a lot of people have like favorite artists or specific bands. I'm. I actually just find playlists on Spotify, like lo-fi playlists or focus playlists, mm -hmm. or like background. I actually don't don't consume a lot uh, a lot of music. Um, I don't have favorite artists. I'm very much a um, non-lyrical music listener. I guess you, you'd put it. Okay. Uh, and so if I'm not doing that, then I'm cranking on uh, podcasts. There you go. Um, and I'm, I'm a fan of lo-fi too. And I love, you know, the Spotify section where it's for kind of studying or kind of focus. Yeah. I, I love that. That is a, a really good, amazing thing that they were able to come up with. Last thing that we like to do is where can listeners find out more about Radar and about the work you guys are doing? Sure. Yeah. So, so we've taken across our products uh, a really a, um, a branded house perspective, which means, um, right, everything is sort of tied to radar. And so you can find radar ion on Twitter, you can find radar relay on Twitter, you can find radar deploy on Twitter, you can sign up for those newsletters. Um, or if, if you want more centralized spot to, to come follow, follow me on Twitter, um, at, at Alan James Curtis, um, and shoot me, shoot me an email, alan.curtis at radar.tech. Always happy to answer any questions that, that listeners have. Amazing. So this is Alan Curtis, the CEO of Radar, uh, a project, as I said again, that I've had my eyes and ears on for quite some time. And it was a pleasure catching up with Alan and learning more, especially about Deploy. And congratulations on launching that. I think that might be really, really important for the overall growth of the ecosystem going forward. So we'll catch up with you again in 2020 and see how things are progressing. And again, everyone check out Alan and the guys at Radar and see what they're up to. Thanks, Alan. Thank you, David. This was a blast.
For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash baselayer. Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on Baselayer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself, David Nage at DavidJN79. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space and the financial terms you understand, please visit www.ar.ca for articles, marketing commentary, videos, and more.